0: Welcome to our Healthline live chat bonus episode. We've partnered with MS Healthline to host a series of discussions in the MS Healthline app on managing grief after an MS diagnosis.
1: To join the chats, download MS Healthline app on your iPhone or Android. Make sure your push notifications are turned on so you know when the chat is starting. Our final live chat will be on Tuesday, August 4th at 4 p.m. Eastern.
0: welcome to the myelin and melanin podcast i'm dawn and i'm dana we are two black women sharing our musings on life ms and everything in between you can find us on the
1: web at myelin instagram facebook and twitter at myelin melanin you can also subscribe to us on youtube
0: if you're a fan of the podcast please consider supporting us through our patreon Patrons gain exclusive access to bonus content, giveaways, Myelin and Melanin merchandise, and more. Our Patreon can be found at patreon.com forward slash Myelin Melanin. We
1: also want to give a special thanks to our music producer, Shah Severe for providing our podcast music over the past three seasons. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our Healthline, MS Healthline bonus episode. Um, yeah, <laughs> if you wow. hear us breathing heavy, <laughs> we are really, um, we're, as Damien says, Damien Washington says, we're holding space for our fellow MSers and for ourselves. Right. Well. I was
0: going to say, and for ourselves. This was intense. You know, I've got to be honest, preparing, and I know that you'll agree, Dawn, preparing for this chat was very intense and exhausting mentally and spiritually. I think just dealing with the the topic of trauma is a lot. It is. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, just hearing other people share their stories, and and then us sharing ours, when we come together, it's like, wow, how can one individual manage the impact of such a heavy diagnosis and all of the things that come with it? You you yes. don't understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not just the medical diagnosis that we're dealing with. We're dealing with all of the other outside, you know, experiences and, and little, you know, things that bite us that go along with MS, mm-hmm. you know, for example, getting poked and prodded. What if your veins aren't like really prominent and you yes. get poked so many times, like that is traumatic. I know there are stories of people who have that or like the story you shared and in, in our health line, Um, in the, in the chat, when you talked Mm -hmm. about someone misdiagnosing or they didn't read your your sample correctly. Yeah,
0: right. And exactly. And so now I deal with that every time, you know, I'm waiting, I, you know, give a urine sample and I'm terrified that there's going to be some, something bad um, in the results Mm -hmm. because yes, because somebody misread a, you know, a a urine sample and you know everything was all good but nonetheless I'm left with that trauma.
1: And our lumbar puncture we talk about oh, it God. in joke all the time, but that is probably the most traumatic experience. Um yes. you know, when I'm deal when I talk about MS yes. dealing with that. And that probably was a trigger that spun me into denial, really, or pushed me into denial. I was like, I can't deal with this. No more. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Somebody, there was, first of all, this was a fantastic discussion. And I want to thank everybody who joined us in the chat Mm -hmm. today. Everybody raised so many important and really just a lot of intense comments that are really going to take some time to unpack Mm -hmm. everything was so important. But one of the things that stuck out to me was, and I don't remember who it was because I'm not looking at the chat right now, but had mentioned that when she was diagnosed and she had a very intense diagnosis story, but a part of her having to deal with her diagnosis was having to manage other people's feelings about her diagnosis. Yes. That is a thing. We're already dealing with our own shit and we have to manage other people's emotions. Mm-hmm. That's so not fair. It's not. But it's, it's heavy. Something we. Yes, it is. But it's something that we end up having to do. It's like we're consoling other people for some heavy shit that we're dealing with. It's a thing. And I think that that is so important to acknowledge. And that's, I mean, this is a an entirely separate but important conversation but how do you manage how do you manage letting your loved ones know that it is not your responsibility to manage their feelings does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah but that's a lot that's a thing that we have to do I um, think you just sit with your own
1: you know your body your thoughts yeah. your own emotions you can't yeah. You can't manage anyone else and exactly. how they
0: feel. Exactly.
1: Just like they can't manage yours. So, you know, it's yes. just better to be with yourself and, yes. and those emotions. Yes. I think one thing that also came to mind with this topic is what about people who deal with childhood trauma or PTSD? Mm-hmm. You couple that with a medical diagnosis? Yes. I've read in articles when we prepared for this that someone had talked about, you know, receiving their MS diagnosis. However, they were also dealing with some childhood experiences that really played a role in how she dealt with what was currently happening. And I I thought that was kind of heavy too. There are just so many factors to this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There is.
0: And you had sent me something yesterday, Dawn, talking about intergenerational trauma. And that is something that we had talked about earlier this season with Dr. Donald Grant. That is something that is another layer to this issue of trauma. This is a heavy topic. And to be quite honest, I wasn't prepared for all of the emotions that it was going to bring, bring up. up in me and and i'm not saying that in a bad way or a negative way but it's heavy
1: it is it's going heavy. going back to what you said about the intergenerational trauma i i find that really fascinating when when having an ms diagnosis because i, I i'll never forget I went to an HBCU, Historically mm-hmm. Black University. I went to Tuskegee University. So most people know about the Tuskegee experiment and how they you know, experimented on these men and the, the treatment that they received from doctors saying that, oh, you're, you're going to be fine, but they were actually giving them a, a syphilis. Mm-hmm. Anyway, to make a long story short, when I was first diagnosed, I remember there were medical students uh, kind of around the office, and at one point the doctor said, Oh, is it okay if the student comes in and instantly, bam, I go to that thought. And it it didn't happen to me. It didn't happen to anyone right. I know, of course, but you can't help but to think about, Am I going to be a guinea pig? You know, I have this yes. diagnosis. Am I gonna be poked and prodded? Right. And, and so that play it does play a huge role. And I don't yeah. know if I'm sounding all kind of woo woo and crazy, but you know, these are just things that
0: yeah, I think there are layers to this right experience. Yeah. Yes. Something else that I'm really thinking about and sitting with. So there was somebody in the chat who had was talking about her diagnosis, her diagnosis experience, and she was actually diagnosed because of a or as the result of another traumatic experience. So she was in a I think it was a sledding accident. Mm-hmm. She ended up being okay. Behind that, but it was because of that that she was rushed to the ER, and you know, that's what kind of put her in that situation to you know be at the doctor and get you know diagnostic te- diagnostic tests and everything. But she ended up being diagnosed with MS, mm-hmm. and that's a thing in and of itself. She already experienced this traumatic, you know, horrific experience in a you know a sledding accident, but that Here she is diagnosed with MS, then. So that those are other layers.
1: There's a book, I think I mentioned it to you a while ago. It's um, and I don't remember the name of the author, and I don't have the book in front of me. I can get it for people if they're interested. It's called um, Feelings Buried Alive. Never oh, yeah. die. Yes, yeah, Feelings I have Buried that Alive. Book. Yes. So it's it's deep because If we don't deal with the trauma in that moment, or maybe not necessarily in that moment, but over a period of time, it does get buried, you know, and it, it doesn't do, um, it doesn't serve you, doesn't do anything. You know what I mean? It only causes more trouble. And I was wondering for many years, why am I so angry? Why am I so sad? Why do I freeze when I just go to get a routine checkup? Why am Why is my heart racing? Why is you know I don't understand. And doing this work right now and and reading about all of these you know medical um, I guess treatments and things that will help with PTSD really have helped me put a lot of thing a lot of pieces to this puzzle in Mm -hmm. place and make sense of why i mean i i sought out therapy but she never used the term ptsd she never used Mm -hmm. that i just did you know several treatments like i i think i did cognitive behavioral therapy Mm -hmm. um which helped for sure but i never associated my diagnosis with ptsd and
0: with trauma so did your therapist ever use the word trauma No. That's interesting. Mm
1: -hmm. She just, she understood from a therapist standpoint,
0: but she never
1: used those words.
0: You know, Dawn, you had said something when we were um, talking during the chat, you and I, I had posed the question, do you see a therapist to the group? Because in one of the articles that I reference in the chat, the author suggests that a therapist or a mental health professional really is an integral part of the care team, almost as important as a neurologist. And when I read that, I was like, wow, absolutely. Yes. Because, you know, many times, and I had mentioned this, I think in the, uh, one of the Patreon recordings that we did mentioned that often stress and trauma and anxiety and other mental health issues can be as disabling as physical symptoms of MS. But anyway, you had said, or you I don't know what exactly you had said, but basically suggested that it's almost as important to have a therapist who is familiar with MS and chronic illness. Mm-hmm. And what did you say, Don? Like, would I go to... Oh, I wouldn't see my neurologist if I had to
1: get my ankle, right. um, you know, exactly. put a cast on my foot or something.
0: Right. Right. So, I mean, and I don't see a therapist and we talked about that um, before, just for no personal reasons, just because time and, you know, resources and all of that. But with that said, I almost think that it is, you know, I don't know how well a therapist who is not familiar with the challenges that people who have chronic illnesses face, how beneficial that would be. Not to say that it wouldn't be beneficial at all, but I'm just imagining um, the blind spots that somebody would have if they aren't familiar with well challenges but, that we face and that's kind of what i was saying in in the
1: chat too i said one of the questions was do you think that i should just seek a therapist or someone who specializes in ms my uh, my honest opinion this is what my experience is i don't know what if it works for anybody else mm-hmm. but it helps to have someone who who only really deals with ms chronic disease or autoimmune mm-hmm. you know challenges I'm not saying that other therapists aren't great because they are. I've tried it both ways. The other way didn't work for me. It just didn't resonate with me. I would leave feeling worse than I went when I went Mm in. Um, And, you know, we ended up talking about my relationships and I'm like, yeah, that's important. But right now my relationship with MS is what is kicking my ass. Wow. My relationship with my boyfriend or my ex-husband or whatever. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Wow. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I've got to sit with that. Yeah. So true. Absolutely true. How are you gonna help me figure out this shit, this abusive relationship that I can't get out of? Yes. You can't. You can't get out of it. Wow. That's like I don't know. I've got to sit with that. It is kind of like an abusive partner that you are stuck with (laughs) forever. Yeah. Sometimes it's quiet yes. and other times it wreaks havoc. Exactly. That you got to tiptoe around it and not mm-hmm. do the wrong shit. Otherwise. Yep. Wow. Walk. I walk. I don't know if anybody else feels this
1: way. And I would love to hear if, if this is with somebody, someone mm-hmm. else too, if they experience it. But I would literally walk on eggshells every day. And maybe it's a horrible way to live. Maybe it is, Dana. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I I do. I walk on eggshells because I'm always like, what if? Yeah. And I, I'm trying really hard. This has been a 20-year battle, folks. 20, this is why mm-hmm. I meditate all the time and I got into yoga because living in the present moment is so important. Mm-hmm. And that is really where I try to stay. I I try to avoid the what ifs mm-hmm. and what you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, because I, and my neurologist talks me through this too. When I see her, she's like, what if? And she shrugs her shoulders and she said, we'll handle it. She, and, and her words are so soothing for me. Sometimes they're not because she's like mm-hmm. hardcore, but she says, it's not a death sentence. And she reminds me of that. It's not. But, in, but sometimes in the moment that you're experiencing it, you do feel like it's the end of the world for you. It, you, you know, you don't know yeah. what to do. So, I I do understand the encouraging words and I I love that. I appreciate it. But yeah, I struggle. I really do. Yeah. 20 years in and I still struggle. Wow. There's no magic remedy for it.
0: Yeah. Live. Yeah. This was heavy, Barry. I think that I'm either going to sleep like a baby tonight or I'm not (laughs) going to be able to sleep. Because, like, (laughs) this is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (sighs) next week, we are going to be back for our final chat in this series. And we're going to talk about kind of reframing and rewriting your narrative post-diagnosis. Who are you now? Who is the new you? What does that mean? and um yeah that should be interesting very because the reality is that ms changes you that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing but it's these are facts you are changed you are a different person Mm -hmm. and all of us deal with different things because ms is different for everybody but what does it look like to reframe who you are now what productivity means now um, yeah, so it should be a very interesting conversation.
1: Another heavy one. Yes, good, a good one. one, but a good one. one. Yes,
0: kind of a nice thing to kind of wrap up everything that um, we've been talking about for over sure. the past several weeks. So mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so I want to thank everybody for joining us um, today in the chat was heavy and I think that the chats are archived so if you missed the chat you could go back to the treatments group and um, scroll around and see what had been going on in there but yeah but thank you for joining us Um, we enjoyed ourselves even though we're exhausted right but (laughs) we have a lot to sit with yes
1: exactly but no we have truly enjoyed these chats and being able to you know Uh, like you said it's cathartic it is healing this is therapy for us it's therapeutic to be able to talk it out
0: exactly exactly yeah so with that said thank you everyone for listening and joining us on the chats and um we'll talk to you soon next week yeah bye Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can always find us on the web
1: at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Myelin Melanin. You can always subscribe to us on YouTube.
0: And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.